the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. And I'll be reading out the Amplified for those of you who may get confused at what I'm saying. Even as in His love He chose us, actually picked us out for Himself as His own in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy, consecrated and set apart for Him and blameless in His sight even above reproach before Him in love. For He ordained us, destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted, revealed as His own children through Jesus Christ in accordance with the purpose of His will because it pleased Him and was His kind intent so that we might be to the praise and the commendation of His glorious grace, favor, and mercy, which He so freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. I want to talk about adoption as we, as it is illustrated in these verses. The issue of being adopted into the family of God. Now our thoughts about adoption may be totally different than what Paul is trying to illustrate, or the Holy Spirit is trying to illustrate through Paul. The definition of adoption according to Webster means to choose and bring into a certain relationship, to take into one's own family by legal process and to raise as one's own child. Another definition is the act of bringing someone who is the offspring of another into one's own family. Today, adoption is quite common where a family chooses to take an orphan child in. We can, but we can see the adoption process if we look at the beginning and through the, those three verses. We see how God has orchestrated an adoption process for each one of his children. Now, the thing that I will take you back to, which I've had every time I've spoken about Ephesians, is that the Father's desire in the beginning of this letter is to remind us who we are in order that we may read the Scriptures in context of relationship. 
it's very important that we read it in the context of relationship. Otherwise, we miss the heart behind it. We'll totally miss the truth of Scripture if we miss the context of relationship. If I don't read the Word of God, understanding who I am in Christ, understanding the Father's heart towards me, understanding His ultimate desire in what He tried to work, what He did work through Christ, and His desire for relationship with us, then I miss the point. Now, the adoption process begins with a choice. And the choice is illustrated in verse 4. It says, Even as his, in His love He chose us, actually picked us out for Himself as His own. He sees you as you are. Then, this is what is amazing to me, knowing all the flaws of character, of body, and of mind, seeing with clarity that only God Himself possesses without distortion. He sees the failures, the unbelief, the selfishness, the rebellion, the disobedience, my baseless pride and vanity, the bitterness, the wickedness of my flesh. And upon seeing all of those things, as only God can see them, In what they truly are, he looks at me through eyes that see past into the past, present, into the future at one time. And he points and says, he is mine. I want him. Let him be my beloved. I choose him. Can you believe that? He chooses past all of that failure. He chooses past all of that sin. He chooses past all of those things that, that I should have done and didn't do. Now, here's a question I think has occurred to all of us at one time or another. Knowing what he knows as God at this point in time, do you believe he would still choose you? Do you? I think we would all nod yes being good, faithful Christians. But what does your emotions tell you? I'll tell you what mine has said so often. I wouldn't choose me. I wouldn't choose somebody who has failed and been so miserable. I wouldn't choose him. I would choose somebody else. I would choose that other brother who does so well, who knows the word, who sings so beautifully, who never seems to have a failure. I would have chosen him. I wouldn't choose me. But He chose me. You see, He chose me knowing it all. And to believe that God regrets His choice is to dismiss Him as God altogether. Do you believe you've ever disappointed God? Think about it. I've often heard people say that. I disappointed God. Well, in order for you to disappoint God, you'd have to believe God had an expectation of you that you were going to fulfill and didn't do it. How does that work? (laughs) How big is your God? You see, before the foundations of the world, He looked past all that sin. He looked past all of that failure. And He knows of failures that you haven't even had yet. (laughs) 
He knows of sin that you have not even committed yet. And here's what's more. This is a God of holiness. This is a God of righteousness. This is a God that set the standard of what is true and what is best and what is perfect. And he stands in the midst of his perfection and he points at you and says, I choose you because he knows what it takes to pay the price for sin. And only he knows how deep and dark and ugly sin is. You don't have a clue. Do you know that if God were to really reveal to you the truth of your sin, you wouldn't be able to pick yourself up off the floor. It would so overwhelm you. Do you know why you don't know the full truth of your sin? Because He's not just God. For you, Christian, He is your Father. And His heart is not to devastate you, to destroy you. His heart is to embrace you, to love you, to bring you along. The reason He doesn't reveal all of that is because you couldn't bear it, you couldn't stand it, and because, Christian, His Son took it all on. Jesus bore every bit of it, the deep, dark ugliness of our lives. He took it upon Himself, took it to the cross, and with a finality that we can't even begin to comprehend, took it all the way to the grave and finished sin once and for all. He did it. You see, sin is not what devastates us any longer. Sin is what distracts us from the inheritance that is rightfully ours. Sin punishes sin. You all know it. You've all experienced it. Does God have some unrealistic expectation of you? God is not disappointed because He knows exactly what you're doing, what you're going to do, and when you're going to do it. The truth is that God made a way for you through Jesus Christ. And His expectations are not in you. They're in Christ. And He's fulfilled every single one. For our Father does not hope in our flesh. He hopes in His Son who is in union with your spirit as Christian. And truth always comes through there. Because He is the way, the truth, and the life. He chose us and He made us righteous through the imputed righteousness of Christ. Again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For our sake He made Christ virtually to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in and through Him we might become endued with, viewed as being in, and examples of the righteousness of God, what we ought to be, approved, acceptable, and in right relationship with Him by His goodness. Do you hear any hint of rejection in that? Do you see, Christian, how Jesus has paid the full price and has dealt with the full penalty of every sin that you will ever commit or have ever committed? He has put it all by the way. And to what purpose and to what end has He done this? For we see in the beginning of Ephesians verse 4 and through verse 5 that He looked out through eternity and He said, I want him and I want her and I want that one and I want those. Let them come unto me for they are 
my children. They are my own. They are my beloved. I love them. I want to keep them and rear them as my own. I want to adopt them unto myself. They will be my cherished ones. And I will prove, I will bring forth the bona fides that the world cannot deny that I love them. For I will take my own, my precious son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and I will send him forth. And he will be my declaration of love that no man can deny. For he will take all the sin of the world and all the wickedness of your life. And he will bear it to the cross. And in his life will be the testimony of my love greater than any love that any man has ever seen or will ever experience. It will be the manifestation of a holiness and a greatness that only God can bring forth. As Jesus went to the cross. And do we remember John 3.16? Do we remember the truth of it? Do we just quote it idly? Or do we see the power and the impact in it? For God, omnipotent creator of the universe, so dearly loved the world that he took his precious son and gave him up. His only begotten son. But there's there's another part to that. That whoever or whosoever, depending on your translation, believes. See, it's not just a matter of him choosing us. He chose us before we could ever choose him. God knew as he stood at the beginning of time in that place in the ever-present now as the I am, God knew that one day the Spirit would reveal to you His great love. That great love that God had for you through Jesus Christ. And you would choose Him. You see, a relationship that's one-sided isn't much good. It's not a relationship at all. All of us, most of us, I should say, have been in those types of relationships. Particularly growing up, how many of you in the adolescent and teenage years fell in love with somebody who could care less or didn't even know you existed? What kind of relationship was it? How much joy did it bring you? It must be two. It must be on both sides. You must choose one another. I can choose you. I can choose to love you with everything within me. I can't love you with the greatness that Father can, but I can choose to allow Him to love you through me. And here's the thing. You must choose to receive that love for us to be able to enter into relationship. If you go and ask a girl to marry you, or a girl, if, if a man comes up and asks you to marry you, ask if he can marry you, your response would be, yes, I choose you. That is basically what you're saying. And he says, will you marry me? What he is saying, I choose you to unite, to connect myself with, to connect my love with. I choose you. We unite our lives together. And that relationship is in bond by your love and by your choice. God has chosen you. And Christian, one day you chose him. But you know, here's an interesting thing I discovered in my marriage. Choice is not just once. When we choose one another and at the altar was not the only time. You see, I have to choose every day. It's not I have to. 
But it's sometimes it's a have to and sometimes it's a get to. That's just the way relationships are. I get up in the morning, I turn over, and I choose to love my wife. I choose to love my children. I choose to love my family. I choose, and as I choose to love them, I enter into the relationship. But if I don't choose to love them, I act like the relationship doesn't exist. I walk around in my own world. I create distractions and diversions. How many relationships do you know like this? I've got to get out of here and find something else to distract myself with. I've got to find something else to keep myself busy because I have rejected that person. I have rejected that relationship. I can't stand to be in it any longer. And we look for distractions. Christian, have you gone there with God? Have you? Did you get up this morning and choose Jesus? You see, it takes two to embrace. He will never leave you nor forsake you. His desire is for you. You must choose. We know that He chose us out of love. And it says at the end of verse 4 that we should be holy, consecrated, set apart for Him, and blameless in His sight, even above reproach, before Him in love. In order for us to be able to enter into a relationship with a holy and blameless God, we had to be holy and blameless. The righteousness of Christ must be, must be about us. We must be clothed in Him. He must take our sin upon Himself and put it to death that we might be seen and be as clean as we need to be in order for God to embrace us. You see, the whole point of forgiveness was that we would be able to have relationship with Father. That was the point. It wasn't so we could walk around and feel good about ourselves. When we ask for forgiveness, which, by the way, is not necessary. We just need to go and repent. Forgiveness is a done deal. Did y'all know that? Most of y'all know that. Jesus died once for all. He died for the sins of the whole world. And He died for our sins, and it's done. Now we repent. What do we repent of? We repent of choosing something other than Jesus. That's what repentance is about. But when we repent before Him, we, re- we, we are saying by virtue of our statement of repentance that, Father, I'm turning my face from those things that I chose apart from You and I choose You. We must be holy and blameless as God is holy and blameless. And He has made a provision from for his son, through His Son for us. And He did this not so that we could be His shining representatives. But the verse says at the end that we may stand before Him in love. Do you understand what that verse is saying? That's not talking about heaven. Before Him in love is a constant presence before the Lord. He cleared the way that we may be in His presence 24-7. Now this is not the heart of a God who is controlling and wants to keep an eye on us. This is the heart of a Father who wants to be a part of every experience that you and I go through. He has taken us unto Himself and He wants to be involved in every issue of our lives. The union with Him is inseparable. He has brought us into His very presence and He holds us there by His love. And we will always be in His presence. Through eternity, we will be with Him. He keeps us in love. And why? Because we need the affirmation and the reaffirming of that love. 
Let's move on to verse 5. For He foreordained us, destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted, revealed as His own children through Jesus Christ, in accordance with the purpose of His will, because it pleased Him and was His kind intent. Now, some of us in here are parents, and we know and understand that the whole process of parenthood was invented by God to teach us a little bit of something about relationship. Can you see that our Heavenly Father, with that same level of intensity of excitement that He created in us concerning a, a baby boy or baby girl, He started and began within Himself, within His own heart, His own big being. He looked forward into the, into the universe, into creation, and He says, That will be mine, and, and she'll be born on this date, and her name will be, and I will love her. And I will keep her unto myself. And one day she will choose me. And we will walk through eternity together. She is mine. Stop looking at yourself through human eyes and begin to see you see yourself through God's eyes and recognize this, that it is He who brings you along, He who matures you, He who chooses the day in which you will walk, the day in which you will drive, the day in which you will be uh, a mature adult. He chooses the seasons and it is His work. Yield yourself to Him and learn the truth of growing, that in every stage of development, there are blessings in every stage of development knowing that you can grip the hand of the Father as you learn to walk knowing that you can embrace His loving kindness in the midst of adolescent fear and angst knowing that He is always with you and never will forsake you is the truth of the Christian's life it is the freedom of a Christian's life and is what He has imparted unto you it is what you have now Christian not that great someday when you get it all together it's right now, but you know what it requires of you? Choose. Just choose. I'm not saying your emotions will be there. I'm not saying that your circumstances will be there. I'm saying that your spirit is already there. You choose to live in the truth of it, Christian. And if you're not a part of the family of God, if you haven't made that choice, then choose Him now. Because there's a relationship that transcends all the confusion of this world and all the hope of a better day. It is heaven now. It is Jesus now. It is life now, not one day. That's what keeps us. That's what holds us. Verse 6. So that we might be, this is his desire, this is his purpose, so that we might be, Christian, for you, so that we are. Not that we would become, but that we are. To the praise and the commendation of his glorious grace, favor, and mercy, which he so freely bestowed on us in the beloved. Beloved is another word for family. You're in the family of God. To rephrase, to the praise, the declaration, the manifestation of the glory of His grace. That is His unmerited favor and love for His own. Which He freely bestowed on us in the family. Do you live as if you're in the family? Do you recognize that you're in the family? 
Or do you live as though you're a distant relative? And one day you hope to be good enough to be in the family. Is that where you're at? You only need to choose. Now for those of us who have chosen, understand this truth. That the family never stops growing, nurturing, bringing us along. That everything works for us and nothing works against us. That in every circumstance and instance in life, God is is manifesting His love and drawing us towards Himself. That He who looked through eternity and chose us for His own has a plan for every minute of your life. If you opened your eyes today and drew breath, you have purpose, Christian. You have purpose. You may not be running yet. You may not be driving yet. But you have purpose. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we are chosen and accepted in the Beloved. Thank you that you've made us a safe place, a place of fellowship, a place of joy, a place of growth, a truth of abiding that is consistent and constant. Thank you, Father, for your great love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.